Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I teased a story I could not know less about. Oh, boy. So here's the headline. Here's the headline. Yeah, actually, it is related to Bitcoin with an Uh an extra added. I don't know anything about it. (laughs) Is the carbon footprint caused by Bitcoin about to become a problem? Yes. Uh I have nowhere to start on that conversation. Uh I can't even imagine. I'm already exhausted. What a carbon footprint of Bitcoin is. Has to do with the power to run the computers, I'm guessing, Sean. You're our internet hipster. Yes. So the, the quote unquote, the act of mining Bitcoin, which is how uh, I'm already lost. Uh, it's how the <laughs> transactions are, transaction are verified. It's essentially, it's essentially you are decrypting things and the computers used to mine bitcoins are incredibly, uh, power hungry. Uh, so the, this has been a growing topic among the Bitcoin community and it's one of the, the, the more talked about kind of shortfalls or potential uh, fail okay. fail scenarios of well, Bitcoin now, is that. Now I barely understand it, but so the 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 sub headline was: Is Bitcoin going to cross into a like super cool badge of honor hipster thing, or about to cross into a ooh you're using Bitcoin not good? You know, Why it's don't you funny just go sh- chop down some trees with plastic bags. You should. Uh, that would be a time-consuming endeavor at best. Um, I, I, uh, it's funny you should bring this up. It, it reminds me of a number of things I've been thinking and reading about lately, and that's that a lot of your green energy fantasies. And again, I'm not in the employ of big oil. I would rather have green energy by a long shot. I, I long for it. I wish for it, but I'm a realist. And a lot of the aspects of green energy are fine until it works. They're fine until it actually gets adopted. Windmill farms, good example. As long as there are just a few of them, not enough of them to really do a significant amount of electrical production, you can live with them. The minute the entire landscape is covered with them, you're going to be Cuisinarding birds by the tens of millions. The is going to be causing insanity from... Cuisinarding birds all across the country. That is absolutely hilarious. Well, we were just talking last segment about uh, how many electric cars are sold in America. It's the enthusiasm versus the reality. It's part of it. All the people in the media who live in New York who bring you the news are so enthusiastic about wind power and, uh, and electric cars and all these different things. But America's not near as enthusiastic. So you've got that aspect of it, too, whether or not it works or whether or not people even want it. So you got wind power, then you got solar farms coating the landscape, and all those panels, once they're out of use, something, something has to be done with them, and they're really toxic. Then you got electric vehicles. You've got batteries. We need to have 5 million times as many batteries as we have right now to have a lot of the green energy stuff be a significant part of the grid. And then we have an enormous mining crisis. We have a disposal crisis. We have a humanitarian crisis where they can find these precious metals to make the batteries. And again, I'm not trying to poo-poo it because I don't like it. I'm just I'm giving you the truth, the realistic, you know, prognosis for how significant this stuff can be. I can't believe how little I understand Bitcoin. There's going to be a, I'm going to reach it. Like I were already so frustrated by technology. I hate technology. I never can get my password to work or anything to work or like that. I'm going to be unable 
we're going to switch over to Bitcoin. I'm not going to understand what it is or how to use it. I'm just going to be lost. I'll be wandering the streets. I have money. It's in the bank. I just don't know how to access it. I don't know what Bitcoin is. I don't know. I don't know what anything is. I'm just going to starve to death here in the street. That's what's going to happen to me. Mm. Freaking Bitcoin out. Bitcoin's carbon footprint. <sighs> here, here, sir. I'm taking pity on you. Here's some Bitcoin. You'll have to say, I don't know how to use it. <laughs> um, one of the most objectionable human beings on planet Earth to me is this Joy Reid woman who's got her own show on MSNBC. Uh, I've hardly uh, ever heard her utter a phrase that I didn't hate uh, or anything about her attitude. She's a Harvard graduate, smarty pants, black woman. Um, uh, who is everything's about race with her all the time, no matter what. And she said some really objectionable things about Tim Scott, black senator from South Carolina, who we've hailed as uh, somebody we wish would run for president. Anyway, first the clips of things she said about Tim Scott, and then uh, more info on that. First, we'll play the clips. Okay. 16. Gotta love the uh, Tim Scott standing there to provide the patina of diversity over that uh, round of words, that uh, basket full of words. While your appointment is seen by some as a measure of progress, others have called you a <clears throat> mere token, elevated only to show the, that the GOP has gotten the diversity memo it missed this past election. But I do hope that as a senator, you'll prove those who call you a token wrong. So there's two things she did there. So Tim Scott was at the... Um the uh, little get-together for discussing the stimulus package and all that sort of stuff and taxes and $15 minimum wage and all the economic stuff and everything like that. She said, and there they have Tim Scott as a token, so she says he's only there as a token. And then, that, that's the first clip, which is just really insulting and, and even more insulting than you realize what you're about to hear from Trey Gowdy, congressman from South Carolina, who obviously knows Tim Scott, the senator from South Carolina. But the other thing that Joy Reid said that's so freaking objectionable is, hopefully you'll prove you're not a token. So he's got to go with a particular point of view politically on the story, or he's a token. Those are your only two choices. You're doing the whole token black thing to go along with the Republicans, or you can uh, go with the Democrats and be on the right side of things. Those are your only options. You couldn't have a different point of view as a black person. Which is just, how can she, as a Harvard-educated black woman, have that view of a, of, a, of, a, of a black man? It's absolutely amazing. Anyway, here's Trey Gowdy, uh, Trey Gowdy explaining how Tim Scott is not exactly just a token president's presence. If I got any of the words right, you could follow this. I'm, we're doing fine. Trey Gowdy explaining how Tim Scott is anything but just a token presence at any discussion of economics. If Joy Reid knew anything about Tim Scott, she would understand full well why he would be participating in a press conference on the minimum wage. If she knew anything about Tim Scott, she would understand why he is frequently front and center in major policy debates in Washington. Tim Scott was one of three U.S. Senators chosen to work on the tax reform legislation because he made himself an expert on the issue, not because he's black. He was a business owner. He started a business. He had to make payroll. He had to access credit. Tim Scott was at the forefront on tax reform because he's on the Senate Finance Committee, because he was on the House Ways and Means Committee, because he dedicated himself to becoming an expert. 
Yeah, and, and he goes on, Tim, uh, Trey Gowdy goes on to say, I can't tell you how many times I've been with Tim Scott where he gets a phone call from other senators or House members who have questions about legislation. They go to Tim Scott to get their questions answered. But Joy Reid presents him no proof whatsoever as just the only reason he's there is a token black man. And he needs to prove he's not a token black man by becoming in favor of the minimum wage. If he doesn't back the minimum wage, then he's just a token black man. Never mind the fact that he comes from a poor, humble, difficult upbringing and turns himself into a success by running his own business and understands, I guarantee you, way more about wages and payrolls than freaking Joy Reid, again, the most objectionable person on cable news. Well, and I would point out that the Republicans of South Carolina showed up in massive numbers to vote Tim Scott into office. They didn't elect a token. They elected the best guy to be senator. What an there, awful there's nobody thing to more, say. It's so condescending and, and, and paternalistic and insulting to black America. So much which comes out of the left. Number one, get in a pen. I'll think the same way. I'll vote the same way. If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Then if, if, if any one of you dares to think independently, then you're a token or an Uncle Tom or something like that. I find it just absolutely mortifying. I would never dream of saying that about a strong, proud, intelligent, achieving black man. I can't imagine saying that. God, it's awful on so many levels that idea. Prove you're not a token by getting on our side of the issue. And it's just such an awful thing to say. So, so that yeah. then it's also insulting to white people, I guess, who you're claiming only have their point of view on the issue because of their color. What? That's really well, right, awful. Yeah, the whole critical theory thing denies you your individual uh, individuality. It denies you your humanity. You are merely a a, a member of a race. What? I know. I, I was blown away by that. I mean, I know. I know they, they traffic in that sort of stuff a lot, and that's MSNBC thing, and that's fine, you know. But that was way over the top. Wow, he's one of the you experts was... in the Senate on finance. That's why he was there. Right, right. Built a business from scratch, but he's a token. That's something. I was going to say I miss Trey Gowdy, but I think I may see him more now that he's not a congressman. I, I value his voice on the scene, though. He is a no-nonsense guy. Love it. Yeah, that was good stuff. Anyway, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Um, any comments on that whole uh, green energy thing that Joe was just talking about? Windmills and electric cars and all the various things. If everybody has, has, has anybody done the math on if we actually all switched over to electric cars, how much electricity that would take? How the hell we would provide it? You're going to have to burn pandas for the uh, energy. Uh, that's the only alternative. Boy, and what that does to taxes, that'd be crazy. Where are they going to get all that tax money that comes from gas? You have to restructure right. something somewhere. Oh, anyway, yeah, they're willing to do that. It's going to be complicated. All that and more on the way. So I think that we need to all take a step back and I understand that you don't like Meghan Markle. You've made it so clear a number of times on this program, a number of times, and I understand that you've got a personal relationship with Meghan Markle or had one and she cut you off. She's entitled to cut you off if she wants to. 
Has she said anything about you since she cut you off? I don't think she has, but yet you continue to trash her. OK, I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry. No. Oh, uh, Sorry. So, do you know what? That's pathetic. You can trash me, maybe not my no, own. No, 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 no. See I'm, you later. I'm being... Sorry, can't this do this. This is absolutely diabolical behaviour. You, he, I'm sorry, but Pierce spouts off on a regular basis, and we all have to sit there and listen. 6.30 to 7 o'clock yesterday was incredibly hard to watch. Incredibly hard to watch. Here, here's an interesting uh, little tidbit, life hack. You don't have to sit there and listen. <laughs> you don't have the to co-host. watch. You don't have to watch. <laughs> Uh, is that why the royal family exists to give Brits something to argue about? I don't know. I have no idea. So Piers Morgan was angry that Harry and Meghan is that their names? Yes. Well done. Now I know their names. Ba, 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 ba. Now I know their names. Great. Hello. Anyway, Piers Morgan, who used to fill in for Larry King, or took Larry King's show when Larry King left. Yeah, replaced him. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. He was angry that they suggested somebody was racist in the royal palace without naming names and said that's a very easy thing to do. But what? I don't Whatever. If she had, if only she had said it, I would have thought, I don't know. But the fact that, that, that William said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm never, I'm never, never going to get into that. So he's not going to make that up. Yeah, yeah. But come on. You got one 90-year-old royal who asks how dark the baby's likely to be, and it becomes a thing. What a question, though. I know. I know. Oh, my God. It's something a 90-year-old Brit would ask. Uh, come on now. Let's move along. We got China committing a genocide and hacking into our computers. And by our computers, I mean our computers. Microsoft's widely used business email hacked by the Chinese. Yeah, uh, the headline in Bloomberg, China's Microsoft hack and Russia's solar winds attack threatened to overwhelm U.S. That's a pretty jazzy headline there. China, you might not know about this one because this started over the weekend. China's global attack on Microsoft's popular email software revealed last week and an equally sprawling Russia attack discovered three months ago have created a two-front war that threatens to overwhelm cybersecurity's emergency responders, according to former U.S. officials and private security Firms, The coincidence of two far-reaching hacking campaigns launched by Russia and China, discovered just weeks apart, is now rippling across the global economy, swamping insurers, IT staff, and firms that specialize in hunting and injecting hackers. The twin hacking campaigns involve the U.S.'s two most powerful cyberspace, cyberspace adversaries, and both have led to emergency meetings of the White House National Security Council, in part because of the unusually wide net cast by the attackers. I didn't realize the National Security Council was sitting down to discuss this. Yeah, wow. So are the, so do they believe that they're coordinated on, on some level? I know one of the great fears that a lot of your uh, geopolitical thinkers have is that China and Russia start working together in a coordinated way. I haven't heard anybody suggest that they're coordinating it, just that it's happening at roughly the same time. Of course, that Russian hack has been going on for months, right? Yeah, geez, it's got to be going on a year now, because they were ooching around on the computers for nine months before we discovered it. Yeah, President Biden could issue an executive order to shore up federal agencies against Russian hacking, uh, according to the New York Times. Quote, this is a White House official. We are undertaking a whole of government response to assess and address the impact. This is an active threat still developing, and we urge network operators to take it very seriously. It's a race, said Tim Burt, Microsoft's corporate vice president, 
Since the time we went public with the updates availability, we've seen the number of compromised customers just explode. It went up incredibly rapidly and continues to increase. Yeah, they think it's fully automated now and are scooping up victims by the tens of thousands. The European Banking Authority became one of the latest victims. Uh, Others identified so far include banks, electricity providers, as well as an ice cream company. Wait a minute. Now they're messing with our frozen treats. This from Bloomberg. The close proximity of the Chinese and Russian attacks may not be a coincidence, security experts say. China may have timed its effort to take advantage of the distraction created by the Russia attack which impacted as many as 18,000 customers of the Texas-based software company Solar Winds Corporation, and that's how it started and spread around the world. So it'd be mm. more of a, rather than coordinating like Putin and Xi talking to each other, it was China had this ready to go, saw the Russia thing take off, thought now's the time. Okay. God, that's scary. Oh. Asked about Microsoft's attribution of the attack to China, a Chinese foreign ministry spokesman said Wednesday that the country, quote, firmly opposes and combats cyber attacks and cyber theft in all its forms and suggested that blaming a particular nation was, quote, a highly sensitive political issue. Oh, shut up. Russia spied on at least nine U.S. government agencies and hundreds of companies for months before anybody discovered it. China's hack has already claimed 60,000 victims globally, Bloomberg reported Saturday night, and it could be vulnerable uh, for 300,000 worldwide. I think this is the future. It clearly is. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Republican Senators Bill Cassidy and Tom Cotton offered an amendment to ensure that $1,400 rebate checks in the bill are not issued to prisoners. All Republicans were on board, but Democrats defeated it. They had a chance on Saturday morning to stop checks from going to prisoners, from going to the Boston bomber, for instance. And on that vote, they declined. Every single Democrat wanted to continue the practice of sending checks to prisoners. Um, wow. This is some of the stuff that's in the package of the ARP, it's called. That's the official name. The American Recovery Plan. That's what it is. You're going to stimulate the prison commissary so you can go down there Get some smokes or, or, or cans of tuna or what? what? We're sending checks to prisoners? So let me run through a little of this. This is passing. This will be signed into law. There's no stopping it at this point, all right? Your, your time to uh, to push back against this, well, never really existed. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> never, there was never really a chance to push back. Yeah, it was in Georgia in the Senate runoffs. That's when the time was. Mitt Romney tweeted on Saturday, I voted against the $1.9 trillion package because it's full of wasteful spending unrelated to urgent pandemic needs. Republicans in good faith sought to negotiate a compromise bill that would have targeted COVID assistance to those who really need it. Under the guise of providing COVID-19 relief, the Democratic leaders proposed a bloated $1.9 trillion package stuffed full of provisions that have nothing to do with fighting the coronavirus. That's Senator Susan Collins. And those are two pretty moderate senators. They're not like they're, you know, they're all uh, Trumpy or we're going to fight back against it no matter what. Mitt Romney's a guy, he doesn't mind crossing the line and sign and, and signing something with the Democrats. He proved that during impeachment. But mm-hmm. he just thinks there's a lot of waste in there, because there is. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell lambasted the Democrats for advan- advancing such an enormous package on a strict party-line vote. 
In 2020, we passed five historic pandemic rescue packages totaling $4 trillion. That's right. Last year, $4 trillion went out the door for pandemic relief before we get to this $2 trillion. Well, and hundreds of billions of dollars of that is still unspent as we're moving out of the COVID era. Not one of those bills last year got fewer than 90 votes in the Senate or 80% of the House. This one is going to get only 50 Democratic votes in the Senate and just whatever it is, the 214 Democrats in the House, I suppose. Last March, I convened the bipartisan task forces that wrote the Historic Cares Act. Republicans and Democrats worked shoulder to shoulder. This was done with no help from Republicans. So that's quite a different way to do it. Um, the Morning Dispatch points out that the $2 trillion package is coming, but the ARP is going to be signed into law in a very different world than when it was first written and put together. In January, when Biden said we got to do this, 240,000 new coronavirus cases were being reported every day and around 4,000 deaths. It's being passed with 39,000 cases wow. every day and less than half the deaths. So a sixth of the number of coronavirus cases, and trending downward, by the way. Right. And the trailing indicator, that is, people dying, will surely trend downward, too. It is, and will continue to. And Joe mentioned this yesterday, but I want to mention again to make sure everybody's heard it, because I think this is important. I don't know if you know who Steve Ratner is. He's former Treasury Department official in the Obama administration. He's uh, he's a super lefty um, uh, MSNBC guy, so that makes this stand out even more. He wrote an op-ed in the New York Times over the weekend that policymakers need to take inflation seriously because of this thing, despite a seemingly benign monthly price index. Some commentators and White House advisors dismiss inflation fears on the grounds that the economy has fundamentally changed since the 1970s. I always like that. Things have changed. <clears throat> the old rule, gravity is no longer a thing. Right. That is so 1500. Steve Ratner wrote in the New York Times over the weekend, but let's not be so blase about how hard it would be to put that tiger back in its cage. 40 years ago, curbing the painful hike in prices took the Fed raising interest rates to 20%, forcing the economy into a brutal recession. Congress is on the verge of injecting an additional $1.9 trillion into an economy that has already received more than $4 trillion in boosts from Washington. According to several estimates, the measure spending far exceeds the extent of the shortfall in economic output caused by the pandemic. In other words, this is way bigger than it needs to be, and it risks inflation the likes of which we haven't seen in many, many, many years. Well, uh, borrowing and spending like a cokehead is going to have repercussions much like cokeheads borrowing and spending and coming to the next day and coming and, and having to reckon with what they've done. Ugh, God, it is so bad. Uh, stagflation, you remember that? Rampant inflation, but no economic growth. That's just, it's a dangerous thing. But we're just, we are, we have become completely unmoored from adult concepts of responsibility, I think, as a government. We can't do this to the kids and grandkids, said every single generation up until now. Well, and you got you got enough lefty economists that are saying, hey, is this a good idea, that it really scares me. Meanwhile, the president's dog chewed the arm off a Secret Service agent. Oh, boy, uh, that's bad news. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, accounts differ, but uh, Major the dogs had to be sent home to Delaware after it has been attacking and growling at everybody in the White House. You got AOC in charge of the House. You got a dog in charge of the White House. 
Not that it'd work if it was Congress. You got AOC in charge of Congress. You got a dog in charge of the White House. Luckily, Dr. Jill Biden was there to fix the stump. <laughs> Getting back <laughs> to think, that controversy. I, I don't think she's that kind of doctor. <laughs> so what the, are you going to tell us next, or what the dog actually do? Leapt at the throat of a foreign dignitary? No, he ate like five people, from what I understand. <laughs> it was, uh, so I again, apologize account, for that. Accounts differ. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden's two pet German shepherds, Major and Champ, were sent back to the president's home in Delaware after three-year-old Major showed signs of aggression. Uh, there was a biting incident, in quotes, involving a member of White House security whose condition remained unclear. That's going to really drive up Joe Biden's homeowner's insurance on the White House. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It makes a difference. Uh, they adopted Major in November 2018 from an animal shelter. Their other dog, Champ, is 13 years old. You know, I do have some sympathy um, just because you're trying to do the right thing. You adopt an animal, a, a rescue, that sort of thing, but you don't know its early history. Nope. And often animals, and, and we're wondering this about Baxter and we're working through socializing him, uh, dogs often become aggressive through fear. If they've been attacked, if they've been hurt, especially puppies, that's why they're aggressive, because they're afraid. Um, anyway, the source said, in addition to the most recent incident in which uh, four were killed, Major has been caught barking, <laughs> jumping, and charging at staff in the White House. Hmm. Jen Psaki's going to come out today with a big bandage on her neck from her Major attacker. Um, she so, has a neck. So do you still get credit for bringing dogs back to the White House if they attack people? Or did, Trump make, the right, did Trump make the right move in eliminating wild beasts? Did you just bring Trump into this? How dare you, sir? Well, that's one of the reasons everybody got so excited about the dogs, right? Trump didn't allow dogs. The dogs are back. That's good. Now then they attack people. Secretary of the Treasury has no arms now. Is that what you wanted? I got to believe some of the best dog trainers in America are being uh, paid by bundlers. To get those dogs trained back up and back in the White House, right? I wonder. Does old man Biden even know he has dogs? Does he know where he is? Does he know his dog bit somebody? I, he forgot the um, the name of the sec deaf yesterday. Did you see that? No, I, I said, Hey, not. Esther. His name is not Esther, Mr. President. So he's said, standing up there with Secretary Austin? Is that his name? You're asking me? I think that's right. Uh, General. Secretary yeah, of Defense, General, General yeah. Austin. Um, and... Uh, uh, Biden's standing up there with him, and uh, it's clear that he doesn't remember the guy's name, and he's kind of dancing around it. But I do that now and then, too. Something flits out of my mind, and I just, you know, you figure out a way to do a workaround in your sentence until it comes back. It, it, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm incapable of running my own life because of it. So No, it's not like he forgot there was a Secretary of Defense. Exactly. Although, I mean, he could just point at you. I know you're the guy with the job. You attack China. Uh, although... <laughs> Although I don't, I don't need any proof that Joe Biden is way, way, way past his prime and suffering from the no, effects of old age. He clearly th- is. But that alone, uh, a number of right-wing shows jumped on that as, as the proof. And I remember a doctor, and again, this happens to me all the time, where a name will flit out of my head. I'll work around the sentence in my head until it comes back, and then I got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't think you know I need uh, uh, somebody to take care of my, Britney Spears' dad to take care of my money at this point, <laughs> because I'm incapable. Uh, uh, a doctor once told me, if you can't remember where your car keys are, that's normal. If you don't remember what your car keys are for, that's when you have a problem. That's that's a good line. Yeah. So uh, twice I've been attacked by dogs through the years, both German shepherds. 
Which is ironic, ironic, given my study of the German language and culture and that sort of thing. Nazi Germany. No, just regular Germany. <laughs> Although I have studied Nazi Germany a lot, too, Michael. Yes, to be fair. you have. I have an unusual number of books on the topic. And memorabilia. <laughs> Easy no, now. No. 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 A listener sent us a swast sent me a swastika spoon, but it was very old timey. It was like uh, from the twenties, I think. It's a Navajo symbol, the swastika. I didn't. I had forgotten that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Although I'm sure if it's found in my silverware drawer, my career will be over. Hey, speaking of forgetting somebody's name, Sean just gave this to me, and I, I can't wait to read it. Researchers say this famous memory trick actually works a memory trick for reminding you of stuff or remembering stuff mm. i'll uh read this understand it and pass it along to you because they've determined that it actually works well hey. read it and understand it during the commercial breaks so you remember to tell the listeners exactly afterward that's what okay. i'm gonna do yeah pay okay. someone to remind you of the thing that's always been my plan get successful enough that i can pay someone to remember things for me doesn't hurt um memory boy memory boy <laughs> what am i supposed to be doing now memory boy <laughs> Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I want to thank you both, and I want to thank the the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general, but my my uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary for all he's done to try to implement what we just talked about. Wow, that was quite something. He didn't just not remember his name. He couldn't remember his title. He couldn't remember the name of the Pentagon. That wait a minute, Grandpa is uh, is in trouble here. Yeah, somebody texted, watch the video. He also can't remember what the Pentagon is called. The Department um, of Defense, any of it. So uh, I've got a memory trip for you in a second. The, a trick. The tank thing. <laughs> the fellow who runs the the soldier. What's it? <laughs> this Come is on. the leader of the free world. Come on, is right. Kia owners advised to park their cars outdoors in case they catch on fire. Now, that's a recall. Did I pay extra for that package? Kia is telling owners of nearly 380,000 vehicles in the United States to park them outdoors in case they burst into flames. This is honest-to-God truth. That's that's bad PR, (laughs) man. That's that's a bad flaw. There. That is bad PR if you if you if you tell car owners you really should park it outside in case yeah. it catches on fire. So you now, don't burn your house down too. Is this a bug or a feature? Did they mark it like a, a, a fleet of bank robber cars that self destruct <laughs> when you're ditching them and making the switch in the in the right. parking garage? Chestnuts roasting on an open Kia. You might see tire pressure, anti lock brake, and other warning lights on your dashboard before it bursts into flames. So that might be. Ah. You also smell a burning or melting odor. These are mm. tips that your car's about to burst into flames if you're in it. Kia. So one of them is a tip for when you're not in it, park it outside in case it bursts into flames. If you're right. in it and you smell melting plastic, plastic while, you, while your entire dashboard lights up at you, stop and get out, I guess. <laughs> Run for your life. <laughs> Run into traffic. Do whatever it takes. Now that's a recall. Yikes. Speaking of recall and memory. 
All of these tied together. Researchers say this famous memory trick works, and I had not heard of this. Even though I've read Sherlock Holmes, maybe I forgot it, ironically. Fans of Sherlock Holmes will likely remember something called the method of Loki? 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 Mm, I don't L-O-C-I. remember that term. I've only seen it written. I, I pronounced it loci, but I don't know if that's right. It's a device used by the famous detective to remember things. It's also known as the memory palace or mind palace. Oh, yeah. I remember that. It's it's the Sherlock with the uh, blender patch uh, communist. <laughs> what? What's his name? Oh, oh, this, butters, uh, butterstot, butterscotch candlesticks. <laughs> the guy who runs the thing with the thing. So you couldn't remember his name. Briar Patch Cumberbund. He nailed it. now a new study in science advances by researchers from the the netherlands austria and germany have found that this method does in fact work for even month-long stretches under this method people envision a place or path that they know well then they drop pieces of information along it to be retrieved later as they retrace their steps Huh. I'm not sure I understand what they're saying here, and I've never done it before. Here's how they explain it. A person might assign a bottle of milk to the front step, a bag of seeds to the rose garden just next to the path on the way to the sidewalk, and a bag of certain kind of nuts just next to a tree in the yard. If they, want to, memor- if they want to memorize their grocery list, and they're picturing their path like walking out your house oh, to your car. That yeah. you, that's hopefully not a key in, is not just, you know... <laughs> A black. Because that would distract you from remembering you need seeds. <laughs> no, what you need now is a new car. <laughs> what you need is a fire extinguisher. And in a hurry. Where did I put the fire extinguisher in my memory palace? Where was it? Right next to the Kia. Damn it! How? Far thinking. My fire extinguisher's burning. Damn it! For one part of the study, researchers trained participants in the method of loci. And another method, they gave him no training at all. After 20 minutes, those in the loci group remembered about 62 words from a list. That's incredible. Compared to 36 words in the other group. So, damn near uh, double. And then months later, in the the loci group, they still remembered 50 of the words. Wow. The other group only remembered 27. Again, roughly half. Uh, Brain scans showed that people using the method of loci had less brain activity in regions typically associated with memory during the experiment. So it's a different part of your brain that's being used than just memory to do this. This this has got to have some sort of anthropological evolutionary thing about, you know, remembering where to stop to get water or where the plants are that you can eat. Wow, that's something. a good point. Yeah, where the bear jumped out of a cave and ate your wife. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I just I find myself thinking as a golfer, you know, my favorite golf courses. I have every nook and cranny memorized. I mean, I can I can picture them, and and I, I suppose for a golfer that could work really well. You have eighteen holes of ins and outs and bunkers and the rest of it where you could put pieces of memory and I'm going to try whatever that reason today. Recall it. Uh, what do I need to remember? You can't remember. Well, I, need I already come, forgot. I need to come up with something to remember, but then I'm going to try that. Like the walk from my gate to the house. I know that pretty well. Fascinating so. that it activates a different part of the brain. So you're you're hijacking your brain to remember things by not using its typical memory things. Because for we've talked about these studies before, memory is pretty fallible in a lot of different ways. Oh yeah. So so it's using a different part of your brain it's to actually, hold on to that. It actually seems to me that it's beyond fallible. To it just doesn't work the way we all thought it worked. 
It's much yeah. more self-protecting than we uh, anticipate it. Yeah, it's, Unfortunately, this technique by uh, using a different part of your brain makes you blind. I just finished <laughs> the article. <laughs> so that's unfortunate. You will lose your sight. No, I wonder I wonder what it uh, well, I'm sure it's there in the uh, learned uh, paragraphs toward the end, but I need a, a TED talk or something. Something with cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not Pepe Le Cuomo, that cartoon. <laughs> Right. Pepe Le Pew has been banned from future uh, cinema. And good, because it sucks. It's terrible. It's not entertaining. It's not funny. It never was funny. As a seven-year-old, I said, this is unsophisticated. (laughs) Is there a worse PR situation than you're an automaker and you have to put out a bulletin that says, make sure you park your car outdoors because it might burst into flames? Mm. That is really bad. There's just no dancing around that. I suppose that's why they were so upfront. That they don't want to get sued. There's, there's no, there's no spin in that. In, unless some car maker is forced to say, uh, "We've just discovered our cars may molest your daughter." Oh, jeez. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, yeah, bursting into flames is pretty bad. So park it outside. Hope nobody walks by it when it bursts into flames. I guess. Our cars have a tendency to squirt antifreeze into your eyes. They're just mean. <laughs> Turns out our, our cars are just cruel. Where are keys made? Is that a South Korean car? Uh, yes, sir. Huh. Uh, they probably have manufacturing in the U.S., although I don't know that for sure. More of what's in the stimulus package. It's going to make you angry. You want to be angry? In hour four. Armstrong and Getty.